Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of The Yard Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan, he is Mac. Hi! A few things we need to get out on the front end. Uh, I made the mistake uh, last time when we were discussing the second season of The Wire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we conf- I confused, excuse me, territory, and that's a big thing. Uh, I said Avon Barksdale is part of East Side. He's actually part of West Side. Hey, Pop Joe is actually part of East Side. He is not part of West Side. Hey, also, Mac, you kind of made a mistake last week. You were yeah. technically correct, but you said that we were going to look at Mad Villainy, which is an album by MF Doom, which is half the truth. And yes, it's literally half the truth. But it's two truth. people. Yeah. It's two people. It is MF Doom and Mad Lib. Mad hey, Lib yeah. is a producer rapper. Uh, and MF Doom is rapper-producer, and they come together to create the special group that is called Mad Villain for this one project, Mad Villainy, that was released in 2004 to just exponential critical acclaim. But before we get into the uh, nitty-gritty details of what this album holds for us ignorant uh, individuals when it comes particularly to, uh, at least for me, music... Um, Mac, why did you select this album for this conversation? Sure. Well, I think it actually wraps back to we were looking at all the songs before we started this podcast on the album. Yeah. And uh, we were looking at which one was the most popular, which one was the most visited, uh, things like that. And by a landslide, the most popular song, at least on uh, Genius, which is what we're looking at right now. But I'm right. sure across the board. For those of you who don't know, Genius is a lyric website. Like, it holds the lyrics to play yeah. the songs. But what's nice about it is that uh, individual users can annotate the lyrics. So, I don't know what this lyric means uh, in this one song. Let me look up the song. Go to the lyric. Oh, yeah. a user has annotated it. Okay, so that's... What, you know, generally we think this line Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. V- very helpful. Highly recommended, by the way. Yes. Um, but Accordion is by far the most popular song. And yeah. I realized it's because that is the song that Drake shouts out well, on his Instagram. Not only Not only, obviously, because it's a fantastic song. But so it is uh, uh, sh- given a shout out by one of the most popular rap artists in the world right now, which is Drake. And it's it reminded me of a... Uh, quote that um, I believe uh, Most Deaf came out with. I know, look the best. Uh. And so, and he said, "This is MF Doom is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper." Period. <laughs> that that is who MF Doom is. He's yeah. known by very few. He's only known amongst the people that are very enthralled and d- deep rooted in the rap. He community. is not. Let's 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 uh let's sort of unpack that a, a little bit. He's not necessarily known by very few. It's that his name doesn't float around the mainstream right. media of music. Right. Like everybody knows Drake. Yeah. And when I say everybody, I mean the Joe Schmo across the street that yes. you can walk out your door. Hey, how's it going? I need to borrow a cup of sugar. Like that person will know Drake. <laughs> Right. That person won't necessarily know MF Doom unless right. they uh, follow hip hop to at least some extent. Yes. And or is some sort of rap guru, uh, big music head in that game. Which I think actually ties into his backstory and how he made this character MF Doom. Because obviously MF Doom is not his real name, no. but he made this character. Yes. Uh, do you want me to go into the backstory a little bit? Please tell me the story of Daniel Dumoulet. Nice with the Dumoulin, yes. Um, so, whoa, that was and a we'll, party foul. And that, that was a huge... That the was, sniff, huge that was, party. And just hearing the <laughs> snot. So and gross. That was disgusting. I am so sorry. Um, <laughs> and we'll get to Mad Lib later, and we'll get into we will, the specifics of this album, because, yeah. uh, I mean, this album could not exist without MF Doom, and it could not exist without Mad Lib. Absolutely. And the collaboration... Uh, I think it's fair to say that this is both of their uh, magnum opus. Yeah, uh, yeah. Please go into the well, story that is Mr. Doom. Yeah, the, the, the main reason that I picked this album is because this is the most popular album that MF Doom appears on, and I really wanted to focus on him for at least the first part of the episode yes. because he um, is obviously so important, very, very culturally influential, rap influential, yes. and he just recently died uh, this past Halloween on uh, October on 21st. Halloween. Yeah, yes, on Halloween. Um, he died to unknown circumstances. No one still to this day really knows what happened to him. Yeah. They only know because his wife came out with a... Yes. Uh, or at least maybe, so. like, not to be speculative, but perhaps, like, his wife knows, but for the sake 
of privacy is not revealing that information which she has no duty or need to do so anyways absolutely absolutely so out of respect to her and everyone involved with his life no one's really pushed them which is awesome i'm glad that they have that you know um so yes uh daniel dumoulet he was a British-born yeah. rapper. Yeah. Uh, eventually came to America. Never actually got his full citizenship until much later in life. Mm. Which is why whenever he started traveling internationally, yeah. there was a certain point where they would not let him back into the United States. Oh, that's weird. And he had to stay in London huh. to to uh, for a few years of his career. Yeah. Um, after he had already made a name for himself in New York. Right. Very funny. But anyway, he very early on started a... Uh, rap group um, with his brother and another friend of his and they called this rap group KMD. Right. Uh, and this rap group was starting to make a name for itself, had had gone on a few shows and everything and they just made an album or they were just about to release an album. Yeah. And right before they were going to release it, uh, Daniel Dumoulin's brother, MF Doom's brother, uh, was hit by a car and died. Yes. Due to his death, MF Doom, or not not known at the time as MF Doom, but Daniel Dumoulin was not comfortable releasing the album. That album was not released. Right. And he kind of spun off the deep end. He went into a crazy depression, left the rap game for a very long time. And then whenever he came back to the label that had originally signed him, the door had definitely closed. And he had a grudge against that rap label because he had... Uh, worked so hard to get to be a part of them, and right. you know, it, and 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 the door had been shut. That he uh, decided that uh, it was the mainstream rap culture that was the problem. That was the th- that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was the thing right. that actually kept him down yes. as an artist. Uh, and so he decided to don this. He felt like it was like a villain origin story. Right, right, right. right. And this, so, is, this is how it starts. Yeah, right, exactly. And like, like this pent-up aggression and tension that he had right, towards right. mainstream rap culture and uh, towards record labels. And so he continued to be a almost entirely independent artist other than collaborations and things that he did. Um, and so he donned this mask. This original Doctor Doom style mask, super duper uh, comic book influence, and the best part is that MF Doom is not the only persona. No, that MF that that excuse me that Daniel Dumoulin dons. Yeah, which is just very like it's funny to think about. Yeah, right, right. right. Um, but that's just I mean we we're sitting here and we're remembering MF Doom because that was his most successful persona. He yeah. released. Uh, you know, an album under Victor Vaughn. He also released uh, an album under like King. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Gimura, uh, named after the yeah. uh, three-headed three-headed dragon from Godzilla. But um, this is something that it's super duper, of course, villain yeah. uh, inspired. And if you can't tell by the album name, Mad Villainy, uh, you know, you can kind of see where this is yeah. going. That, that, and so that's that the becomes his mo. Essentially, yeah. his his rap game persona, like this yeah. is the character I am. Like this isn't you know me actually rapping as me, even though that's here and there. Yeah, it's also I am this character, and I am going to speak through this character as opposed to just purely through myself. Right, and that that's very clear throughout the album. Obviously, the entire album is about his villainous yes. and his come to villainy and uh, how, how he plans on using it. And and, yeah. and he even, the, some of my favorite tracks in the entire album personally are, funny enough, and I love his rhyming so much, obviously, and uh-huh. that we're going to get to that in a second. Funny enough, my favorite tracks are the uh, Mad Lib tracks. Just, just the... Uh, when it's just Mad Lib? Whenever, whenever it, it is just... Uh, whenever it's just music and no lyrics. Oh, okay, so it's just an instrumental track. Yeah, illest villains, uh, do, do not fire, um, super villain theme. I and obviously there's a couple lyrics in in illest villain, a couple lyrics in do not fire, but very few. It's yes. only for music purposes. I mean, what I, what I appreciate about this album, probably one of the biggest things, if not the 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 biggest thing that I appreciate about it, is the fact that. Um, it's it feels very much so like a collaborative work, yeah. right? It does not feel like MF Doom overshadows Madlib. I know we're talking about MF Doom 
a lot, right? And his face is on the cover. But like I said earlier, this album would not exist without Madlib either. And my personal favorite track, if I had to give a gold medal, yeah. yes, so we're already doing it this way. Oh, man. If I it. had to give a gold medal, it would be Strange Ways, which is the 16th oh, yeah. track of this. But the part that resonated with me so much, not only with the lyricism and what Doom is saying in the track uh, when it comes to this sort of uh, hypocritic, hypocritical, excuse me, nature um, at least in the first verse when it comes to the boys in blue and then the second verse when it comes to yeah. uh, leaders of the uh, market world, right? Where it's this, it's this hypocritical nature, but it's it's undertoned, right, by this beautiful, beautiful, and we're going to hear this a lot today, sampling. Yeah. Uh, there's the sampling in this album is tremendous, and this sample Truly. is Funny Ways by Gentle Giant and... Um, I, Mac, love sampling. I love sampling. And Mac, by the way, did you know I love sampling? And the best (laughs) part, the best part is like sometimes when you're listening to a song, you don't even think about like the sample that is coming from, right? So we did uh, Interstellar 55, 55, yeah. you know, however many months back, which was a movie adaption of a Daft Punk album. This Daft Punk album had more samples than you would think. and Really? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger is actually a sample from a song called, I believe, uh, uh, Coca-Cola Bottle Baby or, or something like that, right? Oh, okay, okay. The, but the amount of creativity that comes from sampling tracks, I could not wrap my head around how people figure this out. That the story behind, at least in this album, that Mad Lib went to Brazil and got boxes and boxes of records to sample from, to listen to, and to sample from. The best part, he lost like two of those boxes. Really? <laughs> yes! What? That's the crazy part. And so, and then you think about, wow, well, what if he had more, like, more options at his disposal? But even then, like, the amount of creativity that that seeps, that seeps into your ears just from the sampling, and and how and how Madlib is able to take these few seconds from this one song, kind of loop it in a way, put a few clicks in, put a snare in, put some drums, and then it becomes this sensational beat. With that, and you have this like undertone this underlying with mf dooms insane lyricism when you're looking at a track that over 60 percent of the syllables rhymes with yeah, one another right it right, is, right it is incredible but which um, i want to get to in a moment yes by the way. please yes please but it's it is incredible uh the sort of collaboration that uh this record goes through uh it's it, i'm gonna say it again it's great yeah, and, and if, I, if I was to give a, a number one personally, I think I might have to, even though I named a couple that I, I really loved, I, I'd have to give it to all caps purely because it's the one that sticks with me. Whenever I st- whenever I put the album away, it's the one that's like ringing in my ear as I'm walking down the hallway or whatever. I, I'm always listening to that song in my head, all caps. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yes, another thing that I found so interesting about the sampling, like you were talking about, is that it's not simply a matter of sampling other music, although they plenty do that plenty throughout yes. the entire album. Oh, thank you for bringing this up. It is a matter of they take so much influence from uh, specifically like audio and yes. um, like films, commercials, going yeah. way back to like the 1930s. Like we we have uh, sampling from Frankenstein that is in, I think, yeah. the very first, like, the intro to the album, right? It, it, like, but who would think of that, right? Who would think of that from the get-go? Who can sit there, say to themselves, I I think I want to take this one quote from the trailer that was to Frankenstein with Boris Karloff or whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, you right. know what? I think this is really going to fit with the theme of this album. Who thinks of that? Who I've- thinks? Of getting that's sampling a commercial from the '60s, from the '60s. Yeah. Who, I mean. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. I mean, let me check something. That that Otis Jackson Jr., who was Madlib, was not born in the '60s. Yeah. He was born in '73, right? And so, but he's sampling this commercial from the '60s, and it's like, how the hell did what? Where yeah. did you get this from? Right. Like, right, was right. this from a record? Was this from just? 
I don't know, folklore, folk stories that your parents would tell I you about no idea. back in my day when we were sitting in front of the telly, this is what we would see. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's incredible. Well, another thing that I find so interesting is that I think, at least from, from what I, uh, the, the research that I did, I think why they took so much influence from that 30s, 40s, 50s era is because the uh, the, the type of supervillain that they are talking yes, about is not, yeah, it's not um, a, a, a movie supervillain necessarily, yeah. like a Marvel movie supervillain. It is a comic book supervillain. And whenever they were looking at the Doctor Doom, specifically in designs and the sounds and mm-hmm. the um, lyrics, which, oh my gosh, so many times MF Doom goes back and makes reference to specific dialogue from specific comic books which is yeah. so insane that he's oh and super genius. obscure and so just, obscure but how he's able to weave it it just yeah it, it found it feels like and it sounds like just another line yes which is what you want right, right right you don't want you know a line in your song to stick out like a sore thumb when you're not trying to make it so right, right. that it when you have something as clever as that, it actually plays into the lyricism for the rest of the song. And it plays into what you're trying to do with the rest of the song. And, yeah. and that's where Doom succeeds for so much of it. Um, and, and it goes beyond just over six, 60% of the syllables rhyme with one another, which is an impressive feat on its own. But it's also how how just the similes and the metaphors and yeah. the alliterations and how you have words and phrases that wouldn't typically rhyme with each other but just the simple pronunciation like the or the mispronunciation if you will of these phrases to make them go along with each other and it it's this interwoven sort of like series of bridges that happens in between these lines and in between these beats yes essentially is what's going on if, if you if you look at it like a script right there there are these beats within a song and how he just magically flows just from this one sort of rhyme set right yeah that it's it's in insane creatively but it also still plays into the theme that is the song yeah and then he just kind of eases his way to the next one i mean when i think of individuals who are rappers that have an incredible rhyme flow. I think of Outkast in particular, right? I think of yeah, Andre 3000, and I think of Big Boy. And then when you look at MF Doom here, uh, it's very much so a similar thing in that yeah. regard, too. Yeah. He, he makes it look easy. You yeah. look at some of those raps, and you think to yourself, man, ooh, ooh, could I do this? Like, it, yeah. but, it, like in, but not... Because you couldn't, but it inspires you to. I want to do this too. Yeah, right, right. Like it's it's essentially poetry. Yeah. Like the fact that I went through an English class in high school and MF Doom that name wasn't spoken once after a looking travesty. at this album is a travesty yeah, because of what is going on in the lines and in between the lines. But even just strictly looking at the lines, yeah, it's. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely. I totally agree with you. And and you said it. You said it best whenever we were starting the podcast, and you were like, "Yeah, you know, this was one of those. Uh, this was one of those albums that you listened to it the first time, and you're like, that's pretty good. And then you listened to it a second time, and you were like, uh, that was better. And then the third time, you're like, oh my god, is this genius? And every single time, you catch things where you're like, oh, that's absolutely insane. How how did a person think of that? And it's not just a matter of. Uh, it's not just a matter of listening to it. It's also a matter of once you realize, okay, I think I, that I need to pay this person enough respect to, as to go and look up the lyrics. I need yeah. to read this like Oh, because poetry. it's going so fast too. That, and it, the best part is that he, uh, MF Doom, is not going fast. No. But because of the lyricism, it's because going does, at a thousand knots a minute. Right, right, right. And yeah, yeah it's, it's not a matter of him actually rapping fast. He raps fairly slow because he wants you to catch everything. Yes. But not in like a masturbatory way. Not in like a, oh, watch watch what I can do kind of way. Yeah. But in just in a very non Even though this way. whole album is a flex and I love it for Oh my it. God, for real. But uh, the craziest thing and the reason that you need to look at the lyrics is because he is pulling off three or four literary feats at a time. Yes. In a single moment, he will finish a line and will have completed, just like you said, a, uh, he will have completed a hollow rhyme. He will have, uh, which, which I'll explain in a little bit. He will have completed his phrase, obviously. He will have completed 
um, like his seventh rhyme in in, in a row, yep. but in like he he pays off in rhymes in insane ways from like phrases that, that were like dozens ago, dozens of phrases ago. So it's absolutely insane. Even if you look at just the base value, if you were to put it in a sort of a quantitative uh, metric, I mean, if you look at Figaro, which is one of the better songs in the album, if there were to be better songs in the album, because the whole album is great. Uh, the first two lines, the rest is empty with no brain, but the clever nerd, the best MC with no chain you ever heard. Like that, that alone. Yeah. That, and, and so uh, when you're just reading it, it doesn't really come off the page, but then you say it out loud yeah. and it, it is as if it has its own weight, as if it, all the, like it has its own wings and it's flying away yeah, right. like Icarus to the sun, you know? Uh, that, that, that is something that I would really, really encourage for anyone that is listening, if you are alone and you have no shame, I would recommend actually get it. Don't rap with him because that, that's it's impossible. Yeah. But pull up the lyrics and just say his lyrics out loud and you will feel in your mouth. You're like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. The text writes itself. It really the does. The text does the work. And that gets back to what you were saying about the comparison, right, between the uh, the leak and the later on. Go ahead. Okay, so fun fact. So they, when I say they, I mean Mad Villain. And when I say Mad Villain, I mean Mad Lib and MF Doom started, you know, recording and doing this album around 2002 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, while in that process, this is the start of internet leaks. Yeah. And so when an album leaks on an internet, on the internet at that time, they had no idea, oh no, like this album's not going to do well because now people can just access it. Uh, and even though people were listening to it, because of course, why wouldn't you? It's MF Doom and Mad Lib. Right. Um, even though people were listening to it and they were telling them, hey, we love this. They were like, no, we're not going to do this anymore because, and the big thing as an artist, right? It may not make sense until you are an artist and when you are doing a project that you kind of want to keep behind the curtain because you're trying to, you're trying to save and preserve the sanctity of it. And so you want to present something that is artistic in nature that you are proud of when it's ready, right? If you will feel very vulnerable when you're presenting something that you're not necessarily ready for. Even though everybody around you will say, this is magical. Yeah. These two individuals were like, no, this is, we're well, it's already, uh, this is not for us anymore. Eventually, because I suppose the story is, is that they just wanted to work together because they really enjoyed working together. They were like, screw it. Let's finish this work. There is a leaked version you can find on YouTube of Figaro, as we were just discussing. And then you can also just listen to the actual track from the album, also named Figaro. The beauty, yeah. the beauty of the difference is that the lyrics between the two, between the leak, the between the leak and the album release of the song, the same, the yeah. same. The intro is different, but the instrumentation is also the same. Okay, so aside from the intro, but the intro is not really a big big deal. Both intros are around ten seconds long, but it doesn't define the song. Okay, so what's the difference? It is in MF Doom's performance. Now, this is really interesting. Uh, And I actually have a quote to pull up when it comes to uh, this sort of re-release of this uh, uh, lyricism and and this performance, right? Where we have this individual, MF Doom, in the first version, sort of a lot more, I wouldn't say bombastic, but a lot more energetic, right? Like he's coming at you, right? And then you have in the second version, version in the album released version it's as if mf doom is doing the work for you if you for whatever reason ever not doing the work for you but letting the text do the work so if you ever look at something like shakespeare right yeah you think in your head oh shakespeare i'm supposed to put something on top of it it has a lot of meaning a lot of emotion a lot of energy i need to bring all of that all of that that's in my gut to every single syllable in there right when that isn't necessarily the case right when you're all because this is shakespeare is still necessarily like poetry yeah and and a lot of the emotions and what the character is going through is stated directly in the text right and so you have MF Doom in the second iteration of a lot smoother, a lot more laid back with his voice. He's not putting something on. It's as if he's more relaxed. And it's it's this beautiful presentation 
that um, it's 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 wonderful because he's just letting you hear the lyrics. He's not yeah. putting anything on the lyrics. He's like, this is what I have to offer you. Right. This is and this is what you're gonna hear, and I don't need to put anything else on it because everything I need to say is already written on the page, and I'm gonna say it, not because I'm putting something on top of that. Yeah, that's nothing to say against other hip hop and other artists in general that that put their soul and emotion into songs because occasionally you'll get those songs, and those songs will become incredible songs. But there's something really, really unique about. MF Doom, in this case, in my mind, treating his lyricism and his lyrics as if it was a piece of text from a script. Yeah. As if this holds enough weight. This, I mean, this bucket's big enough to fit an ocean. Like, I'm going to let this baby ride out and do the work for me. And, you know, I'm comfortable with that. I don't have to do anything more than that. And it's this beautiful, uh, just wonderful, relaxed flow that that goes on and um i think it's easy to say that it's it's better suited for what this album is trying to do and it's sort of the theme too that the theming of this album is we're mad villain we're gonna take over the world that's our mo that's what we're gonna do and so it's actually a lot more interesting when the sort of characters that doom and madlib create and also rap as in this album that they just kind of sink into it and are like, yeah, this is who we are. Yeah. What of it? Like, I don't have to prove to you anything, right? <laughs> what of it, right. And so the lyrics are there. What else do I have to prove to you? That's mm-hmm. it. You know, this is, at the end of the day, this is it. Yeah. And it becomes wonderful because of that. I would really, really like to uh, get into why it is that MF Doom is as big of a deal as he is but i feel like i should wait for that until after the break howdy and welcome back to the artenders so where we left off last time was uh where mf doom made his biggest impact how he became such an important name in rap music specifically among rappers So in order to really understand why he's such a big deal and why it's so, so, so impressive and influential what he eventually accomplished in his career, you kind of have to take a a look back at where rap music started and how specifically rhyme, not necessarily beats or anything like that, but specifically rhyme has evolved from the beginning. So if you look at the very beginning of rap music, it started with... The very beginning? Hold I mean, that's yeah. that's what? Like the 50s? The 40s? Like it's something no, ridiculous. No, it's late mean? 70s. No. It's late 70s. Late 70s? Late 70s after disco. No, I mean, well, you I mean, you got some... No, but there was like inklings of it already going sure, back to but the, the first, but the first actual that, rap but, music where you take the, the where you take discs and you get a DJ to give you some sort of a beat with a you know with 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 a track behind you and then you spit rhymes over that beat yeah. that it's, rap it, it music. was very rudimentary Late 70s, uh, at yeah. that beginning yes right 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 and so rhymes back then looked a lot like um simple like uh four bars four beats um, and just like a very simple, like, like you got, you got a super simple beat yeah. and, and you always end like a, a, b, b or a, b, a, b. So like, ba, 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 pale, ba, 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 Okay. Ba, 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 pale, ba, 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 male. Yes. Ba, 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 train, ba, 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 cane. And then, um, simple, right? And then. Later on, you get to uh, people. MF that... Doom, and he changes everything. No, no, no. This is important. This is important. I promise. I, know, I promise. I so I had to get in there. I, I had a very small window. It was my opportunity. <laughs> so he. Um, so eventually, you get to people that start using uh, something called internal rhymes, where right. you start rhyming within the sentence, um, and 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 that allows you to. Uh, that, that 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 opens a door to eventually a couple of years later people start trying multisyllabic rhymes. Yeah. So it's not just I'm I'm rhyming um, train with pain. I'm yeah. rhyming um, uh, orange with door hinge. Well, it, or, well, it's when people make the opportunity to look at it also as poetry, right? Yeah. When I I think that's that's the big sort of mental step 
where once you look at it like poetry, it's like, oh, what can I do with this language now? Sure, sure. Right? Well, it's, it's not just about performance. It's what can I do with this text? Sure. And and I think that that really, that, that, that barrier is specifically crossed whenever you get to people that start breaking the the chains of the beat. Yeah. That, that they don't have to rhyme on the beat. They can rhyme wherever the hell they want and the beat's just going to stay there. People that learn how to manipulate the beat, right? And so that that's why people like, uh, 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 Notorious B.I.G., right. right? Like like Andre 3000. Why these people are so important and such a big deal at the time is because they understand the rules and they are actively breaking them. Yeah. That is a very, very important part of all of this. The most important part of the equation, I think. And the reason that MF Doom is such a big deal and the why, in my opinion, he's maybe the, 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 the biggest leap that any rapper has taken in terms of specifically rhyme and the evolution of rhyme mm-hmm. is that uh, he... And on a consistent basis, too. Consistently. It's say, not yeah. just like he he made one magic album or it's not like he won, made yeah. one magic song. Like this, Mad Villainy is his and Mad Lib's magnum opus, right? But there's also mm, Food and Operation Doomsday as well as other albums under other aliases. Yeah, that, that are insanity. That are still incredible, yeah. Absolutely. Born like this, even. Um, right. But uh, yes, yes, yes. So uh, extremely important, but... The, the reason is because he is the very first person I have seen that understands all of the rules and is using all of these people's techniques that he, that have come before him. You, you know the phrase like uh, 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 like like the the greats of now are standing on giants. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of similar, right? So he, I think that was in the wire, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny enough, nice. but yeah. So he's using all of this awesome technique from people that have come before him and not only is he using that but he is taking those rules and specifically breaking them in genius genius ways so he also starts in introducing just like you were talking about uh, more poetic elements yeah. not that weren't aren't just rap but our actual poetry. well i wouldn't even say i would go so far as to say it's not even like breaking rules it's just like you it's but look what else you can do with yeah. what you're given, right? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, luckily enough, I mean, in particular, this album had the backing of Madlib, but that wasn't necessarily entirely the case on like Operation Doomsday, which I right. believe was his first uh, studio record, uh, <laughs> at least solo record. Um, and, but but constantly, it is it is a constant matter of look what else that we as a community can do with our work right yeah. it's not it's not just breaking rules it's creating new theories it's, yeah, yeah, yeah if you look at it from like a professor it's a point of step. view yeah. yeah it's like look at what else we can be capable of that that he's pushing the envelope that it does make you wish that even though you're always going to come up with those incredible hip hop artists that you will love or those rappers that you love it's only once in a blue moon that you'll have somebody that pushes the envelope this hard. That, yeah. That keeps a cinder block on the gas pedal. Yeah, right. And has that car rolling no matter what is in right, the way. Right, 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 right. And so it's, it's, a, it's a blessing when you get to even listen to work like that and then, and then realize – Oh, the the intricacies and the actual minute details that went yeah. into each individual line. Yeah. To oh, I didn't think you could flow it in that fashion, and yet you found a way to do it, and you found a way to make it look easy. Right. That once again, if you listen to the just the tone of this album, it's as if this guy is just sipping on my ties on on a yacht in the middle of the Caribbean. It's just like these are my lines. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, and it's as if, and same thing goes for Madlib too, that he was sipping my ties right along with Mr. Doom and making these beats and sampling this super duper obscure things that off of records that he got in Brazil, God knows when, uh, in boxes, and he was able to find a way of, I will make this sound genius. Right. That and he does. along the likes of Jay Dilla and Nujabes, that it's this incredible amount of creativity in the sampling and then in his own musicianhood, if you will. 
musicianhood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 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 so something that he does specifically that no one really dared to do in the same way that he did before him is because uh, I was talking about um, single syllable rhymes at the very end of phrases, and then we started talking about internal. Yeah, and then we, and then we also talked about multisyllabic rhymes and whatnot. He's the first person to introduce a hollow rhyme, which is uh, the rhyming. The, the rhyming. first. I mean, I mean, he's not the first person to ever do it. Okay. But because uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, people have done it before, but right. he's the first person to really, really like use it as a weapon, yes. right? Now, Mac, what is a hollow rhyme? A hollow rhyme is whenever you rhyme an entire phrase. It's not just rhyming multi, like multiple syllables. It's rhyming the entire thing. I have an example right here. So in uh, in Meat Grinder on yeah. Mad Villainy, he says, uh, "The worst hated god." Who perpetrated odd favors, demonstrated in the perforated rod lavers, and all quad flavors lard save us. It's so good. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. And he, there's only what, like two words in that entire, and it's not, that wasn't just a phrase, that was two full lines. Actually, if you want to get technical, four full lines, where only two words of the four fucking lines are not rhymed. Yeah. Are not used for a specific scheme, a specific rhyme yeah. scheme. That that syllable doesn't go along with another syllable. Right, right, right. And that is absolute insanity. He will have entire, and it's not even just that he's rhyming random yeah. words. And, and but they the best sense. part, the best part is like, oh, that sounds easy. That sounds like I can do it. Then why isn't hardly anybody doing it to this <laughs> right. degree? Right, 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 right. And and yeah, it, it's it's. And, and and the craziest thing is whenever you see videos of him performing live or him trying freestyles, and this it's not just that he works forever at doing this. This is how he thinks. Yes. This is how this yes. guy sees rap music. Yes. This and is I, his flow. And I understand, and we both understand that there are, of course, there are going to be artists that prioritize more of what they're trying to say as opposed to how they're saying it, right? And I think it's clear that MF Doom's priority is how he's saying it, but it's still impressive when you do get a song like Strange Ways off of this record that he's still saying something with this insane lyricism, with the right. quality right. that this is. It, it, it's that it's not just that he is... Uh, using all this insane technique, it is that he is still telling a story somehow. He is still getting out a consistent line. And uh, as a character, as a character, it's not even himself. It's it's right. It's up to him exactly. Um, and so it's it's insane that he is able to uh, uh, use all of these weapons. And I say weapons because I really do think that he is using yes. rhyme as his supervillain superpower. Yeah. And that's that's the tone that he gives you consistently throughout this entire album. Um, another thing that he starts to do is. Uh, uh, is 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 use expectations, right? Is use conventions. So he will. Um, <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah, and so, so something that is absolutely insane is that he will set up. This is the craziest part. He will have entire uh, setups. Yes. That will rhyme every single syllable with the punchline. Yes. Except for like one word. And at first you're like, oh man, if it was just that one word, that one word, you're one word away from it, right? And the craziest thing is the one word is not just a random word. It's a word that's going to set up the next rhyme. From the song Great Day. Yeah. Spit so many verses, sometimes my jaw twitches. One thing this party could use is more... <clears throat> bit uh booze yeah he says booze which is clever <laughs> which is funny but the best part is that my mind wanted to say and excuse me bitches yeah absolutely. it wanted to say it. i was about to say it but the great part about that line is that no yeah he, he gives <laughs> you booze. and no no and and yes absolutely clearly it is clever on the very first layer because he is Excuse me, because he is using uh, like that expectation to get you to bitches and then gives you booze. But the yes. more impressive part is that he's not pulling booze out of thin air. Yeah. He set up the rhyme for booze because earlier in the line, he says use. Yeah. That's insanity. It's not that he just says just some random word. It's that yeah. he says... Because your mind is wired to listen out for the rhyme in the very last syllable or yeah. so of the line. Yeah. Right? But he's still able to use yeah, right. booze. One thing this party could use is more... Booze. Exactly. And so, yeah, so, so exactly. You're, you are thinking whenever you hear glitches, twitches, that you're going to get bitches. 
And, and you're only thinking that because yeah. he gave you glitches. You're right. only thinking bitches because you're like, oh, glitches I is the glitches, end of it. I got glitches, then I got twitches. And those are both the end of the line. And so the, the end of the line again is going to have yeah. to be yeah. bitches. And then, but he makes a distinct choice. No, 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 I am going to rhyme. I'm going to first mess with your expectations, and but I'm still going to rhyme within this own, the same line. Exactly, exactly. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane that he's able to get away with that shit consistently. Consistently. It, it's not that he is just doing that. Like these are the single lines. We're just pulling random lines just from this album. Yeah. Just like you said, he has a plethora yeah. of albums and work. It's a whole he petri does the dish. Same damn thing over and over and over again. Absolutely. I have a sizzle serve. Oh, give it to me. I am glad that this is Mad Villain, which is the ego, the alter ego, excuse me, of MF Doom and Mad Lib. That is the group. I am glad that this is their only record. I agree. I don't think that's, I, 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 yes, it's a sizzle serve, but it's a sizzle serve that I happen to agree with. I absolutely agree. Because it's one of those things where it's so clear, I feel, that after you listen to this, maybe not the first time, but maybe after the second time. And then after you listen to it for the second time, you're like, I should listen to this again and also look at the lyrics. And then you do that. And then you think to yourself, I don't know how, if anything, that they could do could beat this, right? I mean, we when you look at something that has really high expectations, nine times out of ten, they're bound to fall. It happened with, like, the last season of Game of Thrones, which was legitimately bad, but that's not the point. Or, like, <laughs> in, my, in the case of, like, something that I love, like Kingdom Hearts 3, right? Yeah. That I've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3, yeah. this video game in this series, for years and years and years and years. And even though I still loved Kingdom Hearts 3, it's only natural that the expectations were going to become so rampant right, right, right. that things were not going to be met because people are human, right? And so if we look at Doom and if we look at Mad Lib, that after you come off of Mad Villainy, how the hell do you come back, right? From my <laughs> understanding, it was mostly like Doom's choice not to come back. And we we saw like uh, Mad Lib released a sort of second version of Mad Villainy that had uh, remix instrumentals of most, if not all of the songs yeah. that came from the record. Uh, and it's a very clear, hey, when is this sequel coming? I also want to work on this sequel because I enjoy just working on this, right? Yeah, right, right, right. But there is a sense of joy of just like one and done. It's like one of those things where Queen's Gambit succeeded as a, as, yeah. as a TV series that it was one season. This is what we had. We're done. We're leaving it Story all complete. on the table. Yeah. And even though Mad Lib wanted to do something more, which I totally understand yeah. from, from the understanding is that they loved working with one another. Sure. Uh, and to get another opportunity to produce art like this like yeah. shoot who wouldn't take that right yeah, yeah. but there is something wonderful of like you know wiping the hands clean yeah we gave it everything we got this is in never, this one instance this is never not going to be a great album yes and, and such a distinct album that it's it's not even an album designed for making money no most no. most of the tracks run under three minutes yeah uh none of them could really be released as singles on the radio because of just if you listen to them you just you wouldn't really bump to them on a pop radio right, right. when you're driving down uh santa monica or something like that yeah, right yeah, yeah. It, it's the album is not suited for that it is that genre of underground rap right yeah but There's that no is, front runner songs. Yes, but that's how this album succeeds too. Yeah. That there are no front runner songs. Like if you were to put a front runner song, it's probably accordion. But you know, you still have the interludes in between. And I know a lot of albums have interludes, but in, in just in this case, that this album has interludes. This album also has just straight up instrumentals. The yeah. amount of sampling from old cartoons and yeah. commercials and quoting from comic books and this sort of shtick of these are villains taking over the world like they stick to it they stick to it to a t and it speaks to the sort of artistic direction that this album had that is very very clear and i think that's something that you and i mac have come to appreciate a lot more the more we review things like these albums or these movies or these television shows or even these games that when there's a clear artistic direction yeah that will always show yeah. It is so distinct, it is so clear, and it is so irrevocably clear 
in this piece of work. And that is why I am glad that this is their only sort of piece of work because, because we don't think about it and we don't realize it, that it's actually better that they didn't make a second one because we have this sort of mystery, right? There was yeah. a TED Talk from like 13 years ago with J.J. Abrams. He talks about this concept that is the mystery box. And what makes the mystery box so interesting is that you'll never know what's inside that mystery box, right? It's sort of the same sort of theming of don't meet your heroes, right? Because you have these <laughs> yeah. crazy expectations about who they are and what they do that you may meet them and like, oh, you're just a grade A asshole. Oh, this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Because you had a mystery box of a person. You had an idea of this person, right? And so everybody who comes off of Mad Villainy has this idea of what is Mad Villainy 2 going to sound like? That's going to be crazy, right? Yeah. But it is now, especially now, uh, I mean, particularly before Doom passed, that and 16 years, 16 plus years later, uh, the expectations are so high, there's no way it could be met. And so in the long term, in sort of the stamp that those two put on the rap game and culture and community and artists as a whole, that stamp is so much more imprinted because it was won and it was done. Yes, I, I, I completely agree with that. And, and in terms of the stamp that you were talking about, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it's interesting. And this is another thing. This is another reason why I personally feel like uh, uh, Mad Villain, but mainly MF Doom, but I'll go ahead and say Mad Villain as a whole, um, succeeds in and sets themselves apart from all other artists, all yeah. other, other rap artists especially, yeah. is that there is, uh, there is a section of rappers that uh, they really prioritize talking directly to someone. Right. In their raps, they're, they're talking to a person or they're talking to an audience, right? And then there's also rappers that really prioritize storytelling and they really prioritize setting, yeah? And yeah, then there's yeah. rappers that really prioritize the sound. A lot of SoundCloud rappers, yeah? yeah. That they, they really care about what the words sound like not what the words actually mean at all. Right. And the reason that I love... The, MF Doom so damn much is because he's the only person I can think of other than maybe Biggie that he has truly mastered all three of those camps. Yeah. He, his flow sounds unlike anyone else and it sounds unbelievable and it's consistently insanity. That that box is checked. In his, um, like all of his hollow rhymes that we were talking about, he uses a lot of... Uh, very quick phrases to give you setting. Like, and, and Chance the Rapper does this a lot as well, and I think that, that that's, that's where Chance the Rapper would fall into, is that he's really good at giving you setting. He's really good at saying, like, um, talk, like he's, he's really good at saying, like, uh, beautiful sky outside um, yeah, with painting the lemonade picture. in my hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in, in a very similar way, that is something that MF Doom does consistently, and uh, that's that, on Born Like This. Already woke, spared a joke, barely spoke... Rarely smoked, stared at folks when properly provoked, mirror broke. And, which is insane, <laughs> right? But he's able to do that with his flow and give you setting. Yeah. And that's just the setup yeah. for the rest of the rap in which he's specifically talking to someone. He keeps his story alive and he keeps an action and objective whenever he's talking to someone. Which, just like you're talking about, <laughs> absolute... It's like a script. The absolute script. I have never, honestly, I've never looked at a rap album... In, in in the fashion of examining it like a script. Yeah. And it, it has never sort of jumped off the page, quote-unquote, in this fashion to me before, right? Perhaps um, there are some other albums that succeed more in the storytelling aspect, and yeah. that's fine, but I've never looked at the lyricism as if it was, like, Shakespearean, as if it is something that... It, it is it is a script. Yeah. It is it is so cleverly put together, but I do want to speak on my one qualm. Oh, I'm interested. Okay, yeah. But this is a very weird weird qualm. 
uh-huh. that we have occasionally. It's very rare, but occasionally. I actually enjoy it when it happens that we have Mad Lib occasionally rapping on the album. I believe it happens in the track Shadows of Tomorrow. Now, what also happens is MF Doom and Mad Lib have these alter personas, as I've told earlier. Mad Lib, one of them, and yes, one of them, is called Quasimodo, or Lowered Quas. And so in this one song, Mad Lib is rapping both as Mad Lib and Quasimodo. Oh. So, But there are very distinct voices that are happening. Uh-huh. So it's not necessarily just in the lyricism, but it's also vocally what's happening. Mind you, Quasimodo does have some, you know, editing to it, right? Some some voice modulation that's going on. But but it's distinct. You in your mind you're thinking this is these are two different people, right? My it's weird weird qualm and it's a weird hill to die on. On the song Fancy Clown, Fancy Clown, when MF Doom is rapping as Victor Vaughn. And this song is essentially about Victor Vaughn finding out that his girlfriend was cheating on him with MF Doom, which is just funny to think about. Yeah, oh yeah. That his girl was cheating on himself. Um, so, yeah. the big thing that I had with this is that you wouldn't know that this song was being narrated or done by Vincent... Uh, I kept saying Vincent. By Victor. Excuse me. Cue that failure sound. But you wouldn't know this song was by Victor Vaughn until you kind of like hear it in lyrics. Which is fine. And it does, you know, go to the testament of Doom is letting the lyrics do the work for him. Yeah. But in this one case, I wish it kind of wasn't the fact. Because I, I would have I just... I, as a sort of character actor is also, I'm also interested in, so how does Doom portray this character not just through the text? Oh, I see, okay. You know, that okay, it's yeah. it's not, and it's going beyond that, that it's not Doom uh, presenting this character. It is Daniel Dumoulay presenting Victor Vaughn. It's not Daniel Dumoulay presenting as MF, M- as MF Doom being Victor Vaughn. I wanted to see... Daniel Dumoulin as Victor Vaughn. Yeah, like, like take off that mask and put on the next. Exactly. Sure. Put on, put on. That's a perfect way of putting it. Put on a different mask just for that one song because that's the only instance you you hear Doom allude to you know his other alter not alter egos Dumoulin's alter egos um and other tracks and other interludes and other intros but this is one that is just strictly Victor Vaughn but you wouldn't know it except for a seemingly throwaway line of I'm gonna beat up that tin crown mask face man or yeah, I, right. I just butchered that line but it goes along those but yeah, yeah it goes along that so that is oddly enough my only qualm uh that but makes sense, though. But, but what I enjoy about this album, too, does it fall into that samey sort of sound? No, no, no. I don't think it does. Um, and if you think it does, I think the, this album... That's just because of tone, I think. I think that's just because of tone and Doom letting the, yeah. letting the lyrics do the work for him. Yeah. And it's sort of the sampling and the style that is Mad Lib. But I think if you just... Look at the heavy lyricism that's at play, right. uh, and actually just takes the time to actively listen to what's being said. Yeah, that uh, this album becomes ludicrously impressive minute by minute as you go on. It's only forty six minutes, and in the yeah. grand scheme of things, is not terribly long. And it feels like a good amount of it is either just like intros. Or interludes or instrumentals. Yeah. And but when you get to the actual meats, and I would say the meat is uh, Doom's lyrics. You, I mean, you're in for a treat. But when when you recognize you're in for a treat, yes. Then the peanut oil is cooking. The peanut oil is cooking. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's interesting that you're talking about how it's not necessarily that you have a qualm with, um, or that you have any problems with MF Doom choosing to lay low and not act up his words. Yeah. The problem is with whenever he does not act up the words as other characters. Yes. That, that that, I mean, that that's that, yeah, that was and, my big thing. Yeah, right? yeah, and that, and that actually makes total sense. And the funny thing is, is that well, I don't think Because I, I feel like it could have helped with the storytelling for that one song, yeah. right? That he didn't have to do it for the storytelling of other songs, right? Yeah. But for this one song, because it's not Doom, 
Yes. That it becomes the sort of I wouldn't say message, but what's being delivered yeah, right, is right, right. is not as I think uh, what it could be. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is to me though is that I don't think that I would have that big of a problem with it if it wasn't for the fact that Mad Lib does a much better job at that specific thing. Just yes. like you're talking about. Yes. Just that, like you're talking about. That if Madlib didn't have that one song that literally had both himself and himself. Yeah. Uh, and did I, it amazingly. Yes. Then I probably wouldn't even have a, a qualm like, with Victor Vaughn's performance. Yeah, right, 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 right. But because I had that precedent, because it's literally a precedent, that Shadows of Tomorrow comes five songs before Fancy Cloud. Because I got that precedent, I was confused as to why... That precedent was immediately broken in that fashion, right? Yeah, right. That, I mean, you, you'll have a precedent of, like, we were looking at the lines that we think he's going to say the B word, but he actually says booze, right? That's a different sort of expectation being broken where it feels like I'm breaking this expectation specifically for this purpose. Yeah. But uh, it, it, this is just a sort of different take. I just have that unique take because I... I'm so obsessed with storytelling and how storytelling is delivered that it just feels like for that one song that the storytelling gets muddled. Yes. And that's that's basically it. But aside from that, hot diggity dog. Yeah. <laughs> this right. uh I will say, I mean, this album is incredible. It's fantastic. Uh, you will not get everything in the first listen through. No. Like it takes multiple, but it's not difficult to even dive into, which yeah. is probably the best part that on surface level, it's pretty simple. And then when you start picking at the fat, that's when, Again, that's when you're good. Like Shakespeare, where the, whenever you are reading it, at first glance, there are people in the in, in the cheap seats, yeah. right? In the groundlings yeah. that are going to like those jokes. Yeah. Oh, and he had then, a dick joke. That's funny. Yeah, everybody got that. Yeah, and then there are people up in the balcony, the kings and queens, extremely educated scholars and stuff, that are laughing for the, the, at the same time for an entirely different reason. Right. Yeah. And, and so no matter who you are, you will listen to this album and take away something that you find truly funny and truly sad and truly interesting. Yes. But all of it's going to be different yeah, depending on who you are. Take the breath, open your ears, and you would be introduced to a world that is legitimately unlike any other. Oh, look at you. It's so true, though. It's so true. Well, I wouldn't lie. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, um. Cool. So uh, what are your... Uh, final takeaways you, we just said everyone should absolutely listen to it yeah. what do you feel after we've had this conversation about mf doom specifically madlib specifically and the album as a whole what i love also that this album does it opens up this rabbit hole for dumoulay and jackson jr's other discography yeah right it opens up this portal for you to jump into that it's you a listen good gateway to, album. yes you listen to this and you become fascinated with what else did they slash can they do mm -hmm. and that that is a testament i think to the quality of this album that when you listen to an album you're like that's good and then but you can put it down and forget about it next week right but when you listen to an album and you're like i need more that's a damn good album yeah true and and, and it's crazy to me that the album is 45 minutes and it feels like it lasts less than 30 the album goes like that yes yeah and and, and the whole like le always leaving them wanting more absolute masterclass right yep. here um i i would have to agree with you and i would have to agree with the sentiment that uh anyone anyone would love this yeah anyone would love this album um i mean uh, uh, of course if you're okay with the the fact that every single song is explicit but what rap, rap album is it nowadays you know. i mean come on um you know. yes uh it's it's genius it is some of the best work of both of these Phenomenal musicians and the world, although very, very sad to have lost uh, Daniel Dumoulin this past year. Very yeah. sad. At the same time, he definitely did not die without oh, changing the industry. I mean, he left industry. the mark. He clearly left the mark. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we should have gotten more, but we also got plenty. Oh, yeah. that yeah. We, we are still luckily able to celebrate his work 
And that was the big objective for today's episode, that it's it's celebrating this masterclass detail of what is hip-hop yeah. at its core yeah. uh, when it comes to the rapping nature yeah. and the instrumentation and sampling yeah. of it The whole all. album, just a smorgasbord of everything that rap and hip-hop has to offer. Absolutely. So... Yes, Mr. LaBelle. That's me. What are we? Have we ever said your last name on the epi- on, on the podcast? Uh-oh. <laughs> what is uh your pick for next week? What are we reviewing next week? There is a possibility that uh we may finally get to review something with two of our friends, Izzy and Hannah, but that much like a bird is, you know, in the wind, difficult to catch, but who knows? Maybe one day that bird will uh, come back to its nest, right? So that may be out there. It'd also be funnier, also, if we just never do that episode. And if we um, always are teasing it, but never happens. Yes. Uh, and so kind of peeling back the curtain for this one moment, uh, perhaps we start this bit right now and maybe we'll never do that episode and it's kind of like the mystery box i was talking about that once we do that episode it'll never be as good as it you know should be but there's a possibility that next week we could record with them and also season three of the wire oh i mean we're and gonna kill do two birds with one stone thank you very much <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs>